the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Indeed it is, and hour number two is underway now at nine minutes past ten o'clock on this Wednesday, the fifth morning of the twelfth month of the year of our Lord, 2018. It's a national day of mourning, and the body of deceased President George H.W. Bush was prepared literally just minutes ago uh, for removal uh, from the... um, uh, capital where his uh, body lied in was uh, lying in state and now moved to the National Cathedral for funeral services. And the four living former presidents at the National Cathedral this morning to pay their respects to President George H.W. Bush at his state funeral. Former Florida Governor Jeb Bush said today should not be a day of mourning. This is a time to celebrate George H.W. Bush, not to grieve his loss, and that's what we're doing as a family right now. The eldest son of President Bush, former President George W. Bush, will deliver one of three eulogies at the service. President and Mrs. Trump met with the Bush family yesterday at Blair House to express their condolences i have to say this um first of all i feel like we have done a pretty good job of it over three days on this program of following jeb bush's uh, advice there and that of his brother and uh, others who have been close to the family saying no we are not sad now he lived a long and full life 94 years uh filled with service and joy and family and we want to celebrate his life rather than mourn his death and i feel like we've done a pretty good job of that um, and I also want to say that I feel very, very heartened by the fact that the Trumps and the Bushes, at least for the time being, have been able to kind of put all, all of their differences aside, a lot of rough language between the two. Uh, George H.W. Bush, the, the late uh, President of 41, made some statements in a book, uh, I believe it was, about... Uh, uh, Donald Trump, 
Uh, not that he wrote, but they were attributed to him. And there, of course, has been a lot of uh, hard and harsh words between Jeb Bush and Donald Trump and George Bush and Donald Trump. And um, we all know how Barbara Bush felt about President Trump. She did not want him to be at her services when she passed away eight months ago, and he respected that and did not go. Um, this was different. George H.W. Bush said he wanted the president to be there. And so the president has been in, been there, and according to virtually all accounts, um, he has been perfectly respectful. They have been perfectly respectful of him. They have shared moments. President Trump and President George W. Bush spent some time together talking about uh, George H. W. Bush's life and and perhaps some other things. So I'm just very, I don't know. I'm very, very I'm very glad to see that some of the enmity and the anger and the anguish between the current president and the family of two former presidents has been put aside at least for the time being hopefully it'll be for a long term but uh hopefully uh or excuse me but uh, gratefully uh it has been put aside for now and i'm really really glad to see that and again we are going to have live coverage if you missed this we're going to have live coverage of the funeral coming up in less than an hour at about 48 minutes right at the top of the hour we are going to go to uh the live coverage of the president's funeral and then of course he will be laid to rest in texas uh later today speaking of the presidency and i'll come back to political correctness and the other stories that i had for you in a moment one of them is in ohio at Bowling Green State University. But speaking of the presidency, I just thought I would throw this out there. John Kasich, the governor of the state of Ohio, two-term governor, has made it pretty clear that he is not planning to fade into the sunset when his um, term ends. And, of course, we all know that Mike DeWine is going to succeed him as a Republican governor of the great state of Ohio, and I'm very glad about that. Um, but he's not just, uh, you know, hey, my terms are up uh, and I'm done now. I'm going to fade. He is seriously considering another run uh, at the presidency. He, of course, famously made a run and was part of that 16 or 17 member field of primary candidates back in 2015. Uh, and he was such an ungracious loser um, when uh, he won just this state. Uh, he didn't even, and, and he's such a never Trumper, he didn't even attend the nominating convention. In Cleveland in 2016, his own party was holding the convention in his state. That is the Republican governor of that state. He wouldn't even go to the Republican National Convention in order to uh, to welcome and play a gracious host to the party which was about to nominate Donald Trump. But he's not done with presidential politics. John Kasich sat with George Stephanopoulos on ABC this week and made that very clear. And I want you to give this a listen. And I and then I'm, then I'm going to have a question for you that I'd like you to answer at 216-901-0945. Let, let's start out, though, with it. You're going to be out of office in, in a few weeks. And, you, of course, you did run for president last time around. You ran for it back in, in 1999 as well. How seriously are you thinking about taking it on this time? Very seriously. I'm considering it, George. I, these are earnest conversations that go on virtually every day uh, with some of my friends with my family. Uh, look, I, we need different leadership. There isn't any question about it. And uh, I'm not only just worried about the tone and the name calling and the division in our country uh, and the partisanship, but I also worry about the policies, you know, rising debt, 
the problem in inability to deal with immigration, the problems that we have as America alone in the world. You know, this is what I consider a rotten deal with the Saudis to look the other way. I mean, these are things that, George, I'm worried about our country and not just in the short term, but I'm worried about our country in the long term. So the question for me is, what, what do I do about this? Uh, is it, you know, what exactly do I run because I've determined that I can win? Or is it important for me to make such a good showing that I can send a message uh, that can disrupt the political uh, system in this country? So, yeah, I have to think about it. I think about it seriously. Uh, as you know, I still travel. I make, uh, you know, I'm, I'm out there trying to do what I can do. I don't know when I will have to make a decision, but let's not Let's be clear. I'm not being coy. I'm not trying to, to do this for some kind of a game. This is really, really serious to me. So that's John Kasich um, making his essential announcement. Um, he said, I still haven't made a decision, but I'm seriously thinking about it because of this problem, that problem, and the other problem. And that's code for, yes, of course I'm going to run. But there's no way he runs as a Republican, Right. There's no way he runs as a Republican in the party that he shunned during their nominating process by not even being there in Cleveland in the summer of 2016. There's no way he can run as a Republican and try to primary President Donald Trump out of his own office. He's going to run as a third-party contender. And that begs the question. First of all, I, I wish I could just go through everything that he said, line by line in there, and just deconstruct it and tear it apart. Uh, a couple of things that just come to note. He said he wants to disrupt the political establishment of the political system. Are you kidding me? You are the political establishment. It was Donald Trump who was the disruptor. And it's why he won, which is why he beat you and everybody else that was on that stage. And you can't handle that. Uh, the part, the various things that concern him about this country said, you know, we haven't gotten anything done on the immigration front. John Kasich's prescription to remedy what is wrong with the immigration system in this country is to provide amnesty for all. He'd open the borders. He probably would abolish ICE. John Kasich is more Democrat than Republican. Most of us just didn't know it until uh, really what happened in 2016. And what he has done shamefully in his second term uh, has made that very clear for all of us. But the question that I have for you then is, quite obviously, is there any way you could see yourself supporting this man for president? Anyway. And I threw a couple of, you know, what about this, what about that's out there on my social media. And on Twitter and on Facebook, you can find me at France Radio, F-R-A-N-T-Z Radio. One word, no spaces, no underscores. I honestly don't know that there's any circumstance in which I could pull the, the lever or push the button or click the click or whatever you vote uh, in your, your location, or your precinct. I, I don't think there's any way that I could do this uh, for John Kasich. I, I joked I couldn't vote for John Kasich if he was running against a homeless illegal alien who is using our welfare dollars. I couldn't. Now, it doesn't mean I would vote for the illegal alien. I guess I would be one of those anti-American, unpatriotic people that, you know, a lot of people are, you know, are accused of when they don't vote. Uh, and, and I would just do that. I would not vote. I, 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 if it was John Kasich or Hillary Clinton, what do you do? If it was John Kasich or, you know, Joe Biden, what do you do? 
Is there any circumstance that you could find yourself voting for John Kasich? I this man, I have lost so much respect for this man. And I used to have a lot of it. I used to have a lot of respect for him when he ran against Ted Strickland. I really did. I thought John Kasich was a, was a very very strong leader, principled man. John Kasich is a fraud. Honestly, he is a walking talking bag of fake that I just can't trust. And now he's asking, and WKYC Channel 3 is asking, is there a path to the presidency for John Kasich in 2020? Again, he would have to do this third party. There's no way the Republican Party would ever get behind him. There's no way the Republican uh, that Republican voters uh, would ever support him if he wanted to try to primary President Trump, especially with President Trump presiding as president over an extraordinarily healthy and strong economy a period of strong national security because of the rebuilding of the military under the president's guidance and leadership. Um, unemployment, jobs, and so on and so forth. I mean, things are going along swimmingly. You don't unseat a president who is doing great things in all of the most important areas that matter. He's trying to seal the borders. He is trying to actually get immigration under control. He has even been willing to bend in, uh, all almost all the way to the point of breaking by legalizing 1.8 million illegal immigrants known as DACA recipients or DACA-aged people. I will not call them dreamers. There are a lot of people with dreams of coming to the United States who didn't break the law or whose parents didn't break the law. I will not call them dreamers. But he's trying to do all of these things. You don't replace a president like that with somebody in your own party trying to primary him. He's going to have to go third party. Is there any circumstance in which you could find yourself supporting John Kasich? I say no, unless he's running against Vladimir Putin. And even then, I'm going to have to think really, really long and hard about it. All right, let's go to the phones, and then I'll come back to some of the political correctness stories that I also wanted to share with you. Uh, let's go to John, who is calling us from Chesterland. John, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Thanks for uh, waiting for us. You're on the air. Go ahead. Good morning, Bob. Uh, John Kasich, uh, as you may or may not know, came out of the Wall Street banking cartel before he became governor of Ohio. And I believe that's where he picked up all of his uh, liberalism. And he was upset with uh, President Trump because he was trying to put Humpty Dumpty back together again, whereas the international banksters and all those establishment people like their globalism, and they don't give a doggone about the uh, middle class of the United States of America. They wanted all of the jobs placed in slave labor countries, and uh, that goes back to Slick Willie, too, Bill Clinton, when he uh, rotted uh, uh, NAFTA down our throats, otherwise known as the North American Fraud and Treason Agreement. But uh, Oh, I've never heard that phrase that way, but I like that. That's well done. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, I think that's why Kasich... Uh, is so adamant about his uh, ill will toward President Trump and uh, conservatism. And you are absolutely right. Uh, he is not a, a, a re- typical Republican candidate. He, he needs to slide over to the demon rat party. Yeah, I mean, he's been acting like a Democrat for years anyway. And, and his, his just complete uh, turn against President Trump and the will of the voters in the Republican Party uh, when they nominated him and he wasn't even there to, to take part in that, to me, just lets you know that, uh, that that's a bridge. I don't think that can ever be repaired. That bridge is burned, uh, and he's going to have to just go ahead and accept it and just acknowledge, yeah, look, I, I, I am more politically in tune with, I am more ideologically aligned with Democrats 
I'm either going to run as a Democrat or as a third party to challenge, you know, the Trump versus Warren or Trump versus Beto O'Rourke or Trump versus whomever, Kamala Harris, Cory Booker, uh, Hillary Clinton again, and I'm going to go ahead and try to uh, uh, and do it from the third party standpoint. But yeah, he cannot be a Republican. He stopped acting like one a long, long time ago. And by the way, your 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 point about his uh, Wall Street history is very well taken as well. John, thanks for that. Let me get out now. Come back in after this with more of your phone calls on AM 1420. The answer. All right, 1028 short segment here before the bottom of the hour news. Let's get a call or two in before that, though. We'll go to uh, Dave, who is calling us from Cleveland on AM 1420, The Answer. Good morning, Dave. Go right ahead. Morning, Bob. How are you, sir? I am wonderful. Thank you. Um, Listen, there's something very important uh, that Kasich said in that speech, and it was that he's not playing a game. It's not a game to him. And that's usually what people that are playing games tell you. He's calling his shot. He's going to run a third party. He's going to back the Democrat, and he doesn't even care if he wins. He's going to make sure Trump doesn't win is what it is. He's going to make sure Trump loses, and he's going to do everything he can, and it's Atlas Shrugged all over. Dave, I fear that you are absolutely correct. Um, this is, of course, you know what happened in a little bit different. Obviously, Russ Perot is not John Kasich, but you know it's funny that on the day that we're memorializing uh, the late George H. W. Bush, we all are reminded, or at least we should be, how and it is why, uh, or how and why it is that rather that uh, he lost re-election in 1992, and it wasn't because Bill Clinton won. It's because Ross Perot took far more votes away from the Republican candidate Bush than he did from the Democrat candidate Clinton, and that three-way split is what gave Bill Clinton the presidency and altered the course of history. Absolutely the same thing. John Kasich is not a conservative, and he's not a Republican, but he will pull enough never-Trump votes away uh, uh, from people, and he'll get perhaps some uh, uh, people who, who aren't necessarily all on the Trump train and and he will draw votes from them from him rather uh, than from a Democrat. And you're right. Um, if you split the votes even ninety ten that would have gone for Trump, it could be enough, especially in key states, for the Democrat to um, uh, to unseat the president. And I totally agree with you. That is probably his end game. He knows he can't win, but he knows that his candidacy will stop Trump from winning another term. It's disgusting. It is. It is every bit of that. It's- Dave, I've been run. I appreciate your call. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate the call. Uh, I fear you are right. You are spot on. There are a lot of parallels between this and, again, what cost Bush 41 his presidency. Uh, President uh, George H.W. Bush is being laid to rest today. Funeral services are going to be coming up here. We'll carry that live for you at 11 o'clock when this show is over. He will be buried in uh, Texas uh, later today. And uh, we'll have the latest on that coming up now in news on AM 1420, The Answer. What so proudly we held at the twilight's last gleaming, whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight or the rain. 
You know, playing and uh, listening to the national anthem there as uh, part of the National Day of Mourning and the um, celebration of the life and service of President George H.W. Bush is being laid to rest today. It reminded me of one of the most moving moments that I uh, that I've seen in a in a very very long time. Uh, one that made me just swell up with national pride um, and respect for those who fought for this country, those who fought this country, for this country, particularly in World War II. As, um, I mean, really, the, uh, the, the, the defeat of evil, the, the stop of the fascism, the, the, the stopping of, uh, of, of the threats that, that, that would have materialized and continued to spread throughout the world if we had not gone to Europe and stopped it in its tracks there. And all of that came by yesterday in a moment, again, that was so moving I can't really describe it. 95-year-old Bob Dole. 95-year-old Bob Dole. Had to be helped to his feet. Standing for him is kind of not an option at this stage of his life. He's wheelchair-bound almost exclusively, and he was helped to his feet as he paid his respects to his fellow World War II veteran and longtime member of Congress and service to the United States. Of course, George H.W. Bush went on further than that, but uh, Bob Dole, of course, shared that with him in common as well. And he was helped to his feet in what looked like it was very, very painful and just and uncomfortable for him. And while being held up and propped up, managed to get his hand to his forehead and give a salute, a final salute to George H.W. Bush. It was one of the most patriotic moments that I've seen. You know, a lot of people are talking about the service dog that uh, President Bush, you know, was, was you know, um, blessed to have as a companion over the last uh, six months or so of his life. And how that dog uh, slept and 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 you know stayed kind of in service, if not on guard, to its master in front of the casket, and and that was incredibly moving as well. The bond between a, a person who is is using a service animal and that animal is really an amazing thing. Uh, but my goodness, what I saw yesterday with Bob Dole, um, and if you've seen that video, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I mean, he practically had to be lifted to his feet and then balanced up as he stood there long enough to give a salute to George H.W. Bush. It was just so powerful. And that's what this country is all about, quite frankly. All right, uh, back to the phones we go, and uh, we'll talk next to T.J. in Cleveland. Hey, T.J., you're on the air. Go ahead. No, Bob, I agree with you on that, but that dog thing, you know, I don't get teared up too easily, but when I seen that dog there, 
uh, doing what, what what she did. I I teared up. Yeah, uh, and and you know I felt pretty bad when you were playing the national anthem, and Olga was just laying there. I had to slap my shepherd up side the head, stand up during the national anthem, and and she <laughs> did. But no, the reason I called this on Kasich, and and you know Bob Dave was absolutely right. This is what he's trying to do, but this goes deeper than that. This man is a narcissist. He reminds me a lot of these. Uh, over-the-hill actors and actresses in Hollywood where time has passed them by, and they have to stay relevant somehow, stay in the spotlight. And this is what he's doing. You know, he's got a, he, this man believes he's smarter than everybody. He's the typical elitist liberal. He knows more than the rest of us. He's smarter than the rest of us. He should tell the rest of us how to live. Uh, I am afraid that if he does get into that third-party thing, he will affect Trump. But it's not because he's any good. You and I could get in as a third party, as a conservative, and run and maybe take some votes away from Trump. But the man is just a pure narcissist, and this is why he's doing it. Well, TJ, I agree with every word. Uh, You're right. He is. um, Well, maybe not every word. I guess I would challenge the part about uh, just the narcissism. I I think there is a deep-rooted hatred for Trump here. Not that he's not a narcissist. Not that he's not, you know, an uh, ego-boosting, self-serving person, TJ. I think you're right about that. But I I, I think if there was a different president, I don't know that he would be doing this this time. You know, he tried and ran in 99 and failed. He tried and failed in 16. Uh, I don't know that he would be, but he has such a deep-rooted hatred for Trump that rivals that of John Brennan and um, uh, you know, and, and those on the actual political left in terms of their actual stated affiliation. I think he hates Trump so much that uh, that that he will do anything just to stop him. He might not be doing this for his own personal glorification the way narcissists often do. It may be just as mean spirit is. I hate that son of a gun. I'll show him. I'm going to stop him from being reelected. I think he's that vile. Oh yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm sure he's. That's a lot on his mind. But you know, Bob, if like Rubio or, or Cruz were president now mm-hmm. instead of Trump, he right. might might have a chance in a primary. He knows he's got no chance against Trump in a primary. I don't see. I I don't think so. And we'll never know, of course. This is all just speculation between you and me. I don't think he would even do it if Rubio was 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 president going for a second term right now or or Cruz or anybody else. I don't. I think he would have accepted the the will of the vote. I don't think if if one of those guys had won, he would have he wouldn't have skipped the uh convention. In, in Cleveland in 2016, he would have been there, and he would have proudly welcomed everybody to the nominating convention and would have congratulated the winner and everything else. I just think he hates Trump so much that is driving him to do illogical and insane things. That's why he skipped that. And I think if it was a Cruz or a Rubio or anybody else who had won, he would sit this out and maybe look again at, uh, you know, at, at 2024, maybe. But I don't think that's the case here. I think it's solely driven by his hatred for Trump. Yeah, I think yeah, you know, you're probably right on that one, Bob. He's just like mm-hmm. I said, this this Trump hate hatred syndrome ball. Derangement. Yeah, Trump der- yeah, yeah, he's got it. He's got it. Yeah, TDS. He's got, he's got it real bad. And, no and question. There's no question about it. But you know, I just hope the creep uh and he is a creep. Uh, I I just hope that uh if he does run as a third party, he doesn't go nowhere because you know, I'm going to tell you, Bob, during the primary, I knew some solid Democrats that had uh Kasich signs on their front lawn. And you know what? They were never going to vote for him if he had won the primary. They were voting for Clinton. They were only going to put their sign up there to stop Trump. 
Yeah, you know, so and the I, Democrats and I, and don't love this guy either. The Republicans don't love him, and I don't think the Democrats would would take to this man much either. Well, see, here's here's the thing, TJ, and and it's isn't it sad, by the way, that it's still November or excuse me, now it's December, but it's you know he hasn't actually been in office for two full years. It won't be till January twentieth that he's two years in, uh, so he still has you know a little more than half of his presidency to go. And here we are talking about the challenges in twenty twenty. But I'll say this, TJ, and thanks for the call. Um, I'll say this. <clears throat> If John Kasich runs for president and and takes even, let's just say, 5% of Trump voters away from Trump, it'll cost Trump his, his, his presidency. And the reason why is there are a lot of people, I believe, who voted for Donald Trump unwillingly but who were so anti-Hillary Clinton, they'll do anything. The Dems aren't going to nominate Hillary Clinton again. Hillary Clinton, so hateful, so reviled, representative of, of Bill Clinton and everything that he stood for, all of his, you know, his uh, crimes and misdemeanors and affairs and other terrible things, uh, Hillary Clinton was, uh, you know, was 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 you know reminded people of those. Um, in addition to her email problems and her Benghazi problems and everything else, she was a terrible, terrible candidate. And I don't know if Donald Trump would have won against a decent Democratic candidate. Not that I think any of them are decent in terms of I would vote for them, but I mean just somebody who was more likable and more able to generate votes. So considering the fact that they're going to run somebody better than Hillary, they're going to run somebody who's more of a threat than Hillary. If Donald Trump not only doesn't get all of the voters he had last time around, and I would hope there aren't people who had regrets, right? If you voted for Donald Trump, maybe this is a show topic that we'll ask another day. If you voted for Donald Trump, do you regret it two years in? Is there anything that he has done that make you made you say, "Damn it! I really wasted my vote. I should have voted for Hillary," is or not voted at all. Is there any regrets? I don't think there are too many Trump voters who are not going to vote for him again. When you look at the economy and you look at the jobs and you look at all the other variables that we talk about, the issues that matter most, right? Most most Trump voters are going to vote for him again. But there are people who didn't vote for him, who he needs to vote for him this time around. Because they're going to run a better candidate than Hillary. And if John Kasich inserts himself into that discussion now and becomes a viable third-party candidate, there are going to be people who won't vote for the Dem, but who now will say, I, can't, I, I have some other option here than voting for Donald Trump. I don't have to do it. I'm going to vote for John Kasich. And if Trump gets 95%, and 97%, 98%, of the vote from Republicans or people who voted for Trump the first time around, and John Kasich only takes 2 or 3 or 4% of it, it could hand the election to the Democrat. That's what I worry about. I don't think there's any Trump voters who would ever vote for the Democrat, whoever it might be, but there might be, pe- pe- be people who did not vote for Trump and who will not vote for a Hillary Clinton who are going to now have a choice and say, well, uh, Kasich gives me my out.
I don't have to vote for either one of them that I don't like in the two major parties. Kasich gives me my out. That's what happened in 92 again with Ross Perot. Perot, the billionaire oil man from Texas, comes into this thing riding and yee-hawing and, 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 and it appealed to a lot of conservatives who maybe, you know, even though George H.W. Uh, Bush had led us to victory in the Gulf War and so on and so forth, who did not necessarily think he, well, he wasn't Reagan, quite frankly. He wasn't Reagan enough for them. He's a little boring, a little vanilla, a little plain, all those kinds of things. You know, the wimp factor, a lot of people called him a wimp and everything. And Ross Pro came in and took votes not from Bill Clinton, took votes from George H.W. Bush. John Kasich could be that Perot in 2020, and that's of great concern to me. Uh, Donnie and Euclid next. Hey, Donnie, go ahead. You're on the air. Good morning, Bob. I understand what you're saying, and I'm, I was just watching that rogues gallery of the Obamas, the Clintons, and Jimmy Carter on on this, but um, I think I, I would say that you can spend all of the money in the world, and it's up to the people to utilize their common sense to see what kind of good that President Trump did in order to short circuit this. No matter all, no matter what dirty tricks that the uh, Democrats pull, no matter what kind of slippage that could that that John Casey could try to pull. And I and and I and and I stopped liking him the minute that he decided to against showing up at the uh, at the at the presidential convention. Yeah. That was absolutely reprehensible in my book. But I don't care how much money and how much dirty tricks that the other side pulls. It's up to the people not to let this influence them. Well, you're right. It is, and that's that's my concern because there are a lot of people who are easy, easily influenced. To be quite honest with you, Donnie, and and you know, John Kasich won Ohio in 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 the primary, and that's you know that's that's all he got, of course, and he had no appeal anywhere else. But if he has enough appeal to pull a few votes away in Michigan, or you know, as we we'll go through this again, he was talking about it this morning about the two or three states that he, that Donald Trump must win to retain the presidency, and so on and so forth. And we know a lot of those were razor thin margins. If he loses a little bit of that to a John Kasich, it hurts him much more than it hurts the Democrat, and that's my uh, my great concern. Uh, Karen in Richfield is next. Hi, Karen. Go ahead. Karen, can you hear me? Okay. All right. I'm going to come back to Karen because I think she's on a speakerphone. Karen, I'll come back to you. In fact, I'll come back to everybody else after the break because it is 10:50, so we'll take our final time out here. Check traffic again now. Finish up with a few more of your phone calls and a reminder that coming up. Uh, at the top of the hour, we are going to go into live coverage of President George H.W. Bush's funeral. Uh, that'll be coming up right here on AM 1420, The Answer. God bless America. Ten fifty-five. Now the final segment of the broadcast this morning. Obviously, we are focusing on uh, the National Day of Mourning, but we are talking about presidential politics moving forward as well. As uh, President George H. W. Bush is laid to rest today, the funeral service is going on in D.C. at the National Cathedral. And his remains will then be flown to Texas for burial in College Station, where, uh, of course, his uh, beloved wife of 72 years, 
Barbara. Uh, Barbara was buried roughly eight months ago. Uh, all right, talking a little bit more about future presidential politics, we'll go to Jan, who's waiting in Cleveland. Jan, you're on the air. Good morning. Go ahead. Oh, hi. The first thing I heard about Kasich today was I thought how silly he sounded when he was trying to be a tough guy with the Lordstown official. I just think he sounds silly. And then I heard where he is planning to run as an independent. And he didn't say the he didn't say the word independent. He was asked by Stephanopoulos if he is considering running, and he said yes. But he didn't say the word independent. Actually, oh well. Uh, if he if that was the case, then I my name for him is uh, the spiteful Grinch. <laughs> <laughs> well, he is that. That's fair. Okay. I, and I don't okay. care how he runs. To be honest with you, uh, Jan, if he runs as a if he tries to primary the president and run as a Republican, uh, I think he's spiteful. I think if he runs as a Democrat, uh, you know, and switches parties, which he probably yeah. should based on his ideology, well, I think he to... I think it's spiteful as well. It doesn't matter which way he does it. If it's independent, right or left, or I'm sorry, independent Republican or Democrat, he's very very spiteful if he runs. Well, he wanted to yell into the cockpit, and I guess since he didn't get a seat on the plane, now. He's, uh, you know, he's walking around the carousel in the baggage area, and uh, the, he's looking for a, 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 a suitcase that says uh, President Kasich, and I don't think it's there. And no, I, I don't either. Well, he, and he doesn't yeah. either. That, that, that's why I'm really convinced here that his motive is simply uh, to stop Trump. He knows he can't win. He didn't have the popularity enough to win more than just Ohio uh, when he ran in 2016. That's not going to increase to be honest with you, in 2020, he's not going to suddenly have a lot more, you know, uh, popularity and be a threat to win any primaries as a, as a Democrat or as a third party candidate. Uh, in 2020, I think this is just a, hey, I'm going to, maybe he will stay Republican. Maybe he will, so that he can pull Republican votes from Trump. He hates the man. Even when I played that clip from him and Stephanopoulos, um, you know, what did, what did you hear? What stood out to you? What stood out to me was he, he ripped Trump for all of the things that he believes, you know, whether it's Saudi Arabia, whether it's climate, uh, whether it's, um, uh, um, uh, well, he didn't say much about jobs, I suppose, uh, the immigration issue, anything that he could rip Trump for, he did, which to me indicates it's not that I want to help this country, it's I want to hurt that man. I want to stop Donald Trump from getting another term. Karen in Richfield is going to be our last caller this morning. Karen, go ahead. Hi, Bob. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas I, to you as well. I, thanks. I, I think that you're right about there's a Perot factor with John Kasich, but there's one big thing I think you're missing, and that is mm-hmm. the number of people who did not vote and would not vote for Donald Trump who have now turned around and said, wait a minute. I didn't like this guy, but I have a job now. Wait a minute. I didn't like this guy, but I got a bonus. I, I feel safer. I see common sense coming back. I think there's a big number, albeit unknown, but a big number of people out there who have flipped to the Trump side. That is key. Yeah, it is possible. It really is possible. I and and that you know, but to me, Karen, it's one of the reasons why in the last two years, as I've celebrated the president's accomplishments, I've cautioned him to worry about his tone because it's not just about playing to the existing base that loves you. It's about pulling in new people, as you say, flipping them to come over because the Democrat is going to have more support than Hillary did because they're going to run somebody better than that. All right, that's all the time that I have. Thank you so much for joining us. Stay where you are. Live coverage of the president's bear. 
burial ceremony, his funeral services, and the burial ceremony coming up next right here on AM 1420, The Answer. Be well. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.